Good morning, Central Assembly. We're so glad you've joined us online this morning. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas yesterday and enjoyed some good food and time of celebration with family and friends. And today, we get to gather online. Maybe you've joined us in your PJs or sitting in your comfy chair. Kids, you may possibly have one of your most prized gifts you received yesterday sitting in your lap. You may have even decided to join us from a local coffee shop while enjoying your favorite caffeinated beverage. However you've decided to join us today, we're glad you're here. Every year when Christmas comes, people are filled with hope, joy, and expectation. But I've traveled around the sun enough times to know that it's not the case for everyone. And for some of you, Christmas may have been an outright disappointment. Just as Christmas is filled with all of these expectant longings, sometimes it's also filled with big disappointments. Maybe Christmas is something you've tried to survive rather than enjoy. Have you ever experienced a disappointing Christmas? I remember one Christmas in particular when I was a child that I woke up with a stomach bug. I couldn't enjoy anything that Christmas day. None of the ham, turkey, cookies, or pie. And although I had been looking forward to opening gifts, that all that was overshadowed. All that anticipation was overshadowed by my troubled gut. Have you ever felt and experienced disappointment at Christmas? Disappointment, it's that feeling of sadness over the hope of expectation, an expectation or a longing that is unfulfilled. Maybe kids, maybe your kids couldn't come home at Christmas. For others, maybe this is the first Christmas after the death of a loved one or yet another Christmas without them. Maybe bills have piled up this year. I mean, things are just costing more and you're just financially strapped and you cannot practice the generosity you hoped for this Christmas. For students, maybe things aren't working out as well for you relationally and with friendships. There's that relational drama and tension. And in a time of celebration and connection, you felt isolated and alone. Quite possibly, health concerns have overwhelmed you. And news of a new variant has left you feeling tentative about getting out while friends and family are gathering. The reasons for our disappointments are as varied and unique as we are as individuals. But in the middle of all the joy and celebration of the season, is there room for disappointment at Christmas? In these next few moments, I want to consider the possibility of a disappointing Christmas. I want you to know this morning, there's room in the kingdom of God for disappointments. There's room in the kingdom for grief, pain, loss, and suffering. And when you're in a season of disappointment, you do not become a second-class citizen. Your experience of loss and pain is not lessened or canceled by the cause of celebration of others around you. And the Bible actually gives space for both experiences, sometimes even simultaneously. In Genesis, just after the rebellion of humanity, we find the first messianic promise. It gives us a picture of victory, but victory coupled with pain and suffering when it proclaims that the Messiah would crush the serpent's head, yet his heel would be bruised. We then find in Matthew 
the coming of the Messiah. And the Christmas story unfolds with songs of joy and great celebration. But as we will see in our text this morning, it's also coupled with deep sorrow and pain. The Christmas narrative is not only highlighted by great joy and celebration, but it's also coupled with great tragedy and loss. As we look at Matthew 2, beginning in verse 16, Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a fit of rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem, who were two years old and under, and keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. Herod been outmaneuvered by the Magi and unaware of Jesus' flight to Egypt in a fit of demented rage, he has all the baby boys slaughtered in an effort to preserve his throne. And Matthew describes the agonizing effect of Herod's mayhem. Matthew points to Jeremiah and the weeping Hebrew mothers as they were torn away from their children being carried into exile. We don't typically give voice to this act of the Christmas story, and you'll never find this passage of Scripture on a holiday greeting card. But Matthew does not shy away from expressing this horrific event in his account of Christ's coming. We see in the Christmas narrative cause for great joy and celebration because the Messiah has come. And yet in the same account, there is cause and space for great disappointment, loss, and grief. What do we do? What are we to do with a disappointing Christmas? Well, first, allow yourself to be with it. Allow yourself and others to experience disappointment, to experience pain, loss, and grief. We see here in Matthew that space and voice was given for the great loss and tragedy that occurred. Through the prophet Jeremiah, Matthew notes the gut-wrenching reaction from the Bethlehem community to Herod's horrific and evil actions. The community openly and honestly grieved the terrible loss. And I believe there is a lesson for us all here, that when faced with the disappointments in life, regardless of how large or small they are, instead of dismissing or denying the reality of what we're feeling and going through, to acknowledge, to face, and allow yourself to experience the disappointments. In her article on what grieving people wish others knew at Christmas, Nancy Guthrie writes, Tears are not the enemy. Tears do not reflect a lack of faith. Tears are a gift from God that help to wash away the deep pain of loss. Getting through or overcoming our disappointments doesn't mean we act as if they don't exist. Yet all too often we do the opposite because it can be hard to sit with our pain and unmet expectations. Sometimes we gaslight ourselves. We'll say things like, oh, it's not that bad. Or we look around and compare and say, it could always be worse. Maybe we're in communities that promote toxic positivity. Maybe you've had this experience recently and any negative emotion or thoughts are dismissed or suppressed 
and the feelings and distresses of disappointment are met with false reassurances rather than empathy. For example, a friend experiences the death of a loved one and they share their grief with us. And the response is, well, they're in a better place now. Or a friend receives a tough medical diagnosis and expresses to us their anxiety over the news. And the response is, don't be anxious. We serve a God who heals. Earlier in the week, when a friend was sharing about their feelings of loss and disappointment, instead of empathy, they were met with, yeah, those are sweet memories, but now is the time to move on. I know when we say things like this, our intentions are good, but where does this conversation go from here? How do they continue to talk about what they feel and their experience? Instead of helping, this just leads them to feeling isolated and disconnected. It just simply shuts the conversation down. I was thinking about things this week, and I recalled the event leading up to Jesus' raising of his friend Lazarus. Now, I, I think of this, and even with the knowledge that resurrection was coming, even Jesus knowing what he was getting ready to do, when he meets this family in the midst of their pain and grief, the Bible tells us that Jesus wept. He didn't dismiss their experience. He didn't say, guys, wait, stop, don't cry. I'm getting ready to raise him from the dead. He didn't try to fix them in the moment. Jesus sat with them in their grief and he wept. Even when we believe a miracle is coming, we cannot bypass empathy. Sometimes we want to fix things that can't be fixed. Instead, we just need to be with them to show empathy and compassion. So allow yourself and others to truly experience disappointment. Next, allow yourselves to be with Him in it. To be with Him in the disappointment. Now I want you to know you are not alone in your disappointment. It's interesting that when disappointments arise that God is often the first one to be blamed and discredited when our life experiences do not meet up with our expectations. We say things like, if God's really with us, why is everything going so poorly? Why isn't He doing anything about the situation I'm in? I understand the questions, and there is no shame for having them, and God can handle each and every one of them. But the truth is, our questions are not truth. They are just that, questions. The truth is that God sees knows, and is with us in our pain and disappointment. We find in the Christmas story, he is in the launching stage of enacting his rescue plan for humanity. And when things go south, when they do, he's not far off and distant from the trouble, but he is right there in the middle of it. There's nothing ideal regarding the setting, circumstances, and situations in which God's plan of redemption begins. It's tough. From a virgin birth, to a localized genocide, to Jesus' family becoming refugees, God's plan was brought forth in great difficulty and in the midst of disappointment. Just because things get sideways doesn't mean you're alone and you're on your own. He is right there with you. He is before you. He is behind you. He is beside you. And all around you, He is with you. 
We not only see this in the Christmas story, but all throughout Scripture, we see promises again and again that God is with us even in our disappointments. The psalmist write in Psalm 34, he uses the most disheartening language to describe the place where God is when we are disappointed. He says, God draws close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. Sometimes we say, God, where are you in my disappointment? And his answer is, I'm close, even closer than I've ever been. Paul tells us in Romans that we are presently rooted in the love of Christ. And even though we may be experiencing hardship, trouble, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword, He is with us. And although disappointments are part of our story and must be experienced, they will not be the end of our story. In the same passage of Jeremiah that describes the soul-crushing grief and anguish of the Hebrew mothers, God Himself later declares that the day will come when crying and mourning will end because there is hope for the future. Ultimately, this is the picture we see in Revelation 21. Verse 3 states, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Disappointments will surely be a part of our story, but they will not be the end of it either. Allow yourself to be with God in the midst of your disappointments because the truth is His presence brings hope. His presence brings peace. His presence brings comfort, and His presence brings joy. If this has been a disappointing Christmas, or yet another one, allow yourself to experience the disappointment. If this Christmas has been the best ever, wonderful, but give time and space to those who may not share your experience. Remember, Christmas allows for both. As we continue to go about this holiday season, may we continue to be mindful of our experiences and the experiences of others. May God use us as His instruments of love, hope, and peace. I was reminded of a prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, his prayer for peace. And as we conclude this morning, I would like for this to be our heart's prayer as we go into our week. Lord. Make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Our divine master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.